so just a really quick commentary before I start the second part of um, the connection with Myra. This was like a two and a half hour conversation. And once we stopped recording this episode, we continued to talk for another three hours after that. And I must say that this was one of the most uh, deepest connections and conversations that I've had in a long time. And I feel like majority of the reason why we connected was so she can release some things that she may have had on her spirit because I was um, very adamant on being a listener but also the things that she was speaking on helped me to gain clarity on some things that I had on my spirit and so truly a divine connection really enjoyed this conversation we speak about the difference um, between religion and spirituality and discover that there are more similarities than there are differences um, and we also touch on some more interesting topics that um, I can't wait for you to listen to so without further ado here is part two of my divine connection with Mrs. Myra hope you enjoy You're listening to Wait On Purpose Podcast, the show for single women who want to overcome emotional discomfort with being single, understand the fear of being alone, and transform it to self-love while celebrating this season with joy, purpose, and passion. Each week, we'll explore topics on how to optimize your season of singleness and become who you want to attract. Now, here's your host, Tracy Noel, the introverted empath. And something that I really admire about you is that um, that really made me gravitate towards you um, is how you mentioned that you practice Christianity, but you also practice spirituality with knowledge of metaphysics. Yeah. So if you can put a label on this, like what is the difference between spirituality and religion and like what are the similarities if there are in your opinion so so for me um it goes back to very 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 young myra (laughs) very very young myra meaning uh six-year-old myra so six-year-old myra but well five-year-old myra actually was too young to go to first grade because my birthday is in october Mm-hmm. So, two young to go to first, first grade, but I'd already been through three-year-old, four-year-old, preschool, and kindergarten. So, the alternative was to send little five-year-old Myra to first grade at a Catholic private school. Five-year-old Myra was a little Baptist girl in Alabama. So... <laughs> Okay. So, so what that did from first grade to third grade, going to a Catholic school in Alabama while attending a Baptist church in Alabama, was it made me have a lot of questions. Uh And the beautiful thing was that. I had parents that 
welcomed their inquisitive little child yes. to ask questions. And even now, you know, I I tell my parents all the time, I don't know why God blessed you with a little Scorpio child named Myra, but ooh-wee, y'all were, whew, you should have asked him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you should have you been like God for real. But my parents were always the people that were like, you know, ask the questions. Like, you don't know unless you ask the questions. And so I noticed things in church that were different from going to mass at school and in religion class at school. And so I was asking questions partially because, you know, one of my first questions back then was uh, a little girl was able to eat the cracker and the juice in mass, and I couldn't. (laughs) And I asked her, you know, why was she able to do it? And she said she wore a pretty dress and went to church service, and then she could eat the cracker. I think it was like second grade or something like that. And um, I had a problem with that because I wore pretty dresses and went to church every week. Exactly. So I should be able to have a cracker and some juice, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had to go ask my pastor why I couldn't have a cracker and some juice and I wore a pretty dress and went to church every week, you know? (laughs) Yes, these are the kinds of things that six-year-old, you know, six- and seven-year-old Myra was like, "Uh, excuse me, I got a question, okay? And so growing up over the years, I was able to... um, build in my relationship with God and understand um, a lot of the rules and regulations of religion because I was in not just in Catholic school, little Baptist girl, but then I had friends that were Jewish and, you know, growing up over the years, part of other religions. And even though you know, in my, my religion classes, you know, at my Baptist church, even growing up, there was, I always have, I've always been a person who's like, well, you know, before I go tell somebody else that they need to convert and be what I am, what if they like what they are? Right. So let me go find out what they got going on. You know, I, I'm still, you know, cool with where I am, but I just want to know about their things. And I mean, I'll tell them about my things. But if they don't want to do my thing, I'm fine with that, too. And so that was always kind of the way that I experienced all religion, Um, even through high school, going to interfaith tours and talking to um, religious leaders and, you know, all, you know, I didn't even know, you know, growing up for the most part as a child, all of the different religions that were out there. Um, until I got to, like to high school, and it was like the Baha'i and Universal Unitarians, and dealing with the Muslims and the Jewish, you know, the different sects of Christianity um, as well. You know, looking at oh, okay, there are all these different denominations, and oh, okay, this denomination is different from that denomination because of wine, or this denomination is different from that, you know, and I was just like, oh my God, this is just wild, <laughs> but what I, but, and I've always had this, this fascination with metaphysical, and I didn't understand until kind of like a hindsight situation where, 
you know, I was always, you know, I growing up had amethyst all over my room. I was drawn to amethyst as a child. My favorite color was purple, and I needed those purple rocks. So I had amethyst, but I was also drawn to magic. Mm. So, um, so I, you know, and, and my parents just kind of, you know, let it, you know, okay, Myra, what, okay. And so I didn't understand really the correlation until I got much older. And, you know, while I'm up here, oh, Scorpio, yay, Scorpio. And then I'm starting to delve a little deeper and looking at, you know, some different things when it came to astrology. I always had a thing for numbers and the meaning of numbers mm-hmm. and understanding that it, the numbers, even even biblically, numbers are very important, numbers yes. hold meaning. So yes. when people would say, oh, numerology is evil, and I'm like, but I'm, uh, excuse me, um, I'm so looking in this Bible right here. <laughs> and, you know, we're talking about numerology, actually. Yeah, right. Okay. So, um I'll let you stay over there. I'm just going to keep going over here with my thing because, you know, okay. And so um, that I got to the point where I started noticing that a lot of people's preconceived packaging when it came to religion and metaphysics on both sides was from a place of, um, rules and regulations, and um, you know, on the religious side, there you know, religion is, is a set of rules. Yeah. Sometimes people forget about the relationship, and so I'm always excited when I connect with people that are are they're they're either Christian or whatever religion they are, and it's more about their relationship with God than all the rules the rituals yeah of their religion yeah but then on the flip side when i deal with some metaphysical people my psychics and my mediums and you know all my you know my aliens or whoever all these people <laughs> are over here when i'm dealing with those people i i'm kind of the bridge right i'm kind of the bridge because on one hand i'm over here with my christians and i'm like what we're not going to do is bash anybody we're just not because my belief is that I represent a God of love. Yeah. That, that's my belief. My belief is even in Christianity, Jesus was a habitual rule breaker. He broke the rules. That's what he came here to do. He was Jewish and he was doing everything they were saying don't do on the days they said don't do it and telling them, hey, it's not about these rules. It's about the relationship with God the Father. Uh And so the fact that in religion we spend so much time on the rules is unnerving to me. Because I'm like, can we go back to the relationship, if you're going to be Christian, for example, then that means to model yourself after Christ. And if you're modeling yourself after Christ, he was a habitual rule breaker. That's what he did. 
Yeah. So, yeah. you know, he didn't follow, he didn't follow what you were supposed to do, you know, and then also with other, you know, when it comes to um, even, even with Christianity, in Christianity, Christ also went across the table and dealt with people of other faiths, people that believed other things. And he didn't treat them ugly. He treated them with love. That, yeah. that was the thing, you know. The people that he flipped tables on and chased around with a whip, they, they were the people in the, in the church. So when I, <laughs> when, I, when I look at the balance between both sides, even when it comes to the people that are more in the spirituality and the metaphysics, um, I've had to have conversations with them where I'm like, listen, I understand that you may not agree with my religious stance, and that's okay. But what we won't do is disrespect each other in our spiritual space. If I come to you operating in love, you come to me operating in love, then we're good, and we can believe and do whatever. Now, also, because I understand that spirit is spirit is spirit, um, when when I say to people that a sight gift, whether prophetic or psychic, is the same thing, yeah. Usually, the people in the in the religious side get offended by that, and I'm like, well, I will take you to the Bible, and I will show you where it says that all of these gifts come from the Spirit. I'll also take you to the Bible where even in the time of Moses where um, the plagues happened, they, when Moses came to say, let my people go, there were other religious people that were brought in and other sorcerers and, and, and all that that were brought in that could do the same thing, turn the staff into a stick and all, you know, they could do all those things. Right. That, you know, that was a spiritual thing. They had that access. Now, to say that there is a bigger God, then that's that was the purpose of that story, and that, that not that other people don't have the same access to spiritual gifts, but everybody has access to that. And so I think part of the issue when it comes to religion and spirituality is that people feel like their religion has the corner market on access to God. And it turns into a very ugly thing when, in essence, if we really, you know, no matter what religious connection you have, it always is under the the formation of love and the fact that God is unlimited and expansive. So for whatever reason, we've decided in religion by these rules and regulations to create a limitation on God. And and I and that's what and that's what resonates with me with the difference between spirituality and religion is that limitation or the labels. Like cause even if, you know, the law of attraction, I mean in Proverbs what, twenty nine, eighteen, it pretty much talks about the law of attraction where it right. says, um, you know, where there's no vision, 
which is imagination, you know, the people perish, but he that right. keepeth the law, happy is he. And, and I think that, I think we just, there's just labels, like you said, a psychic, and then a prof, you know, it's like the labels and the rules that kind of keep, but I, I think it's like one and the same thing, but I think the one difference, like you said, is the rules um, yeah. and the rituals. And the crazy thing is, and, and this is a very, you know, people that 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 hear me say this on on all sides, you know, kind of go, Ooh. Um, but, but I, you know, I tell people often, I'm like, listen, um, when it comes to, you know, like the, the sight gifts, the speaking in tongues, the even prayer, prayer or incantation, prayer, you know, when we talk about um especially in Christianity, because that is my foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about binding and loosing things, those are spells. I mean, like literally, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, like if you, if you go back and you talk to people in the, in the esoteric world that are dealing, you know, when we talk witchcraft ooh, and things like that, you know, people are talking about binding things and mm-hmm. loosing things. Yeah. It, th- th- <laughs> these are still the, the foundations of spells, you know. Um, when you're, you know, I, I heard someone one time talk about the, um, about the, the, about meditation. And they were like, everybody wants to do this new age meditation, and that's not of God. And Christians talking about meditating, um, that's not of God. And I was like, being still and listening for the voice of God is not of God? Yeah. Okay. No problem. No, but hey, okay. You know, and, and I had to explain. I said, one thing that I don't believe in is prayer being a monologue. Prayer is a dialogue, but only one person talks at a time. Yeah. So if I'm sitting here and the only time God hears from me is when I'm busy going, thank God, and let me tell you, God, and let me God, and God, and God, and give me, and do it, and give me, and do it, and give me, and do it, and give me, and do it. And at no point am I ever sitting still saying, and listening. Yeah. just talk. You talk to me. I'm not going to talk today. I'm just going to breathe, and I'm going to listen. That's all meditation is, yeah. breathing and listening. And so those are all things that no matter who I'm dealing with, I'm like, listen, if you're not okay with that, then you're never going to be able to move to the place where you are able to embody your greatness because it's, it's too difficult when you're the one doing all the talking and never doing the listening. Yeah. And with, um, and just going back to metaphysics, you know, those things that we can't see um, are really some of the most powerful influences over our life is those things that 
we can't see and and i believe that everything is like an, an energy from the food yeah. you eat to the music you listen to what you watch who you surround yourself with and these things are always vibrating so i, I do feel like mm -hmm. god created these laws of the universe gave us the power to create our reality or co-create by controlling yeah. what we allow in our energy field so that's or you know our five gates that protect like this inner this inner man so i I mean, and yeah. that's in the Bible as well. And I, I think exactly. that, like, they're inter they're interchangeable. I think that's just the labels that kind of throw people it's off. The, it's the, right, it's the labels and the fact that the in that programming. The programming, yeah. You've been programmed to hate something. You know, and 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 because and you've been programmed to hate it because you don't understand it. Where even within several other religions, people, you know, it's funny, it wasn't until I really started delving a lot deeper into the metaphysical side that, um, that I really came to understand things like what, what Christians would call speaking in tongues. It's called something else in like the metaphysical world, but it's like a you know a holy language. But um, gosh, I can't even remember what um, what what she called it. And that she was like, because I one way I was talking to a lady that um, I don't even know how we. Wait, but she found me on LinkedIn, uh -huh. which I, I'm hardly ever doing anything on LinkedIn. I haven't even maximized my LinkedIn presence, but. She found me on LinkedIn, and um, we had a, a conversation. And she was, at first, a little leery about expressing her gift. Mm -hmm. And then I said something, um, and she was like, I knew it. And I was like, what did you know? <laughs> and she's like, I knew, I knew you, you. She's like, how do I say this? And I was like, I don't know. Like, what? <laughs> and so she was like, I knew, I knew you, you were gifted. And I was like, oh, you mean spiritually gifted? And she's like, yes. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And um, I said, you know, it's, it's not necessarily the lead-in. Um, you know, you don't just put that on your LinkedIn. Hey, I talked to spirits and things and stuff. <laughs> like, I mean, you know. I said, unless, you know, you're you're actively saying, ooh, I'm psychic, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, said, but, I said, but yeah, um, yeah. And so then she was explaining, so then I, I said to her, I said, you know, so what are your gifts? And she kind of paused for a second. And she said, wait, how did you know? I was like, oh, let's not do that. <laughs> I said, just what are your gifts? <laughs> and, um, and so then she started telling me. And when she explained that and when she said whatever the the terminology was, I was like, I'm not familiar with that. And she's like, oh, it's, you know, she was, I think Christians call it like speaking in tongues. And I was like, well, shut the front door. Yeah. Okay. It's a different name. Like glass of something with X. I, I think I know the term you're talking about because I've heard it before. But it's just like a, a different name for the same thing. It's a different name for the same thing. And I was like, you know, and it, and honestly, this is the crazy thing. Uh, about two years ago, I went 
full, you know, full steam ahead to try to understand my gift. Mm-hmm. Um, about three, I guess it was about three years ago, I went, um, I was, I went into um, a Reiki certification. And because I had, I've, I've always had a natural healing gift, but not knowing how to function in it, um, I was functioning, you know, but, you know, you always want to learn more about, I mean, if you, you know, start shooting light beams at your eyeballs, you kind of want to learn a little bit more about these light beams shooting at your eyeballs kind of thing. Right. And so, and so um, I knew that, like, I, I could intuitively know when um, I needed to touch someone or be near someone or even if I didn't touch them, you know, kind of have my hand near them or whatever. And there's a whole thing with that too. Um, and I knew, you know, when, when it was happening and, and what to do, but I, I wanted to um, understand it more. And so for a few years, I had gone to this healing circle and it was, you know, people that were practicing Reiki and quantum touch and um, a bunch of different modalities that I, I don't even remember all of them. And it was an opportunity to experience healing um, from other people or be a healer. And so initially I would go and I wasn't, you know, like, I, you know, all I do is pray. I don't know. I mean, you know, right, right. <laughs> I don't have, I don't have whatever y'all are doing. And, you know, one guy, he could see auras and yeah, he would walk up to you. Oh, you're pink today. Or, oh, you're purple today. Oh, you're yellow today. You know, oh, you could tell. And yeah. And oh, I was wow. sitting there like, well, look, I mean, you could see and you, you know, and I, it would be weird to me, you know, I mean, not weird in a bad way, but just like, that is just the wildest thing. Like you just, you just see colors around me. It's crazy, you know. Um, and so experiencing that, I, I, the thing that always stuck out to me was Reiki, because when I lived at one point in Austin, I had a masseuse, a massage therapist that practiced Reiki, and you know, and I, I really, it was like the best massage experience ever. Um, so whenever I would go to him, you know, he would be like, I'm just going to clear your energy and do that. And I'm like, whatever, I'm going to sleep because I would, I would always go to sleep. And so, um, so it was, you know, so I was, I always had that in the back of my mind. And then I decided, you know what, I'm going to learn about Reiki. I'm going to, you know, so it was about three, three and a half, four years ago now, I guess. And I was like, I'm going to learn, you know, Reiki. I'm going to do Reiki. So I went through the motions to become, you know, Reiki master. And that was the first step of understanding that I was already doing a lot of the things that were in this Reiki practice. You know, the hand positioning and just, you know, learning more about, um, you know, just being a conduit and I was like, oh, my God, like, I, I do this. I, you know, and I'm calling, you know, people that, I, that, you know, I've had conversations with. And I'm like, let me tell you this. This is like, oh, my God, you know. And I was, I was always so excited because it was like I'm getting more information. And so about two years ago, I decided I was going to delve more into my sight gift. Uh-huh. 
and and all my clears and all of that. And I was like, okay. Um, and even seven years ago, when I got my coaching certification, I actually have a master spiritual life coaching certification as well. Mm. Um, but in that, I was still kind of like, I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to come all out with like the whole spirit coach thing. I'm not <laughs> going to do that, you know. Um, so fast forward about two years ago, I, um, I'd been drawn to a lot of people that had gifts. And there was one person that um, kind of like shot up in my radar that really was teaching intuitive development and things like that. The crazy thing was I was watching her and she was watching me. Uh-huh. But I didn't know that. I was just, you know, she would do, like, psychic readings and things like that online. And then one day shows up in my inbox and was like, hey, um, they said I'm supposed to work with you. Hmm. And I was like, hmm, did they? Right, who's they? <laughs> oh, no, I knew who they were, but I okay. was like, did they? And, um, and she was just like, you know, so she had created this whole thing and then, she had actually had a class coming up during this time that she was, you know, kind of setting things out. And she said, um, actually, I, I, you need to be in my class. And I was like, oh, do I? <laughs> <laughs> and it, the, the crazy thing was, you know, fast forward, yes, I did go into the class and all of that. Um, but it was so it was so interesting how initially the processes and the things that I was learning were really just confirmation that the things that I had been doing had a name. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was like, no, you know, because I, I used to get frustrated by the fact that in Christianity, you know, some uh, denominations don't even acknowledge um prophetic gifts or, or sight gifts or, you know, they are like, oh, don't do that around these parts. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Um, and so no one's really teaching what do you do when you have this? Um, for the most part, there's a lot of, well, just pray about it. Well, God to tell you what to do. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. And so, and so that was a thing, you know, there was a lot of, you know, okay, well, God, what do I do? You know, thank goodness that with, um, with this gift came a lot of, you know, do this, move here, go here, do this, da 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 blah, blah, da da you know, and I had, I had people around me that had gifts too, well, that was perfect, but I was like, someone needs to be saying grounding and shielding and, you know, put words to this so that we know what we're doing, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and I said, you know, I'm here, I have to go over here to the metaphysical world to get this understanding and to get this conversation. And and that was, that was disheartening but interesting. And that's why you said that I can understand you said that you are the bridge between the both. Um, and it's interesting that you are, uh-oh, I hear it. Do you hear that echo? Mm-mm. 
it's interesting mm -hmm. that you say that um, you're a Scorpio because my son, he's uh, what, six years old, born November 11, 11, 11. And I see those, <laughs> I see those gifts in him that I'm oh, yeah. trying to nurture and, and bring out of him because I know that he's very gifted um, oh, yeah. in that aspect. Now, um, okay, so the next round, um, because we've been really, really, really deep conversing and this has been a very deep conversation. So this next round are gonna be questions where you can, you know, they're really quick, quick answers. And okay. some of them are from the five numbers that you randomly selected, right? Beginning of the um, interview. So, um, you know, I believe that we all have this internal cup that we feel by pouring into ourselves. I also believe that um, in having a cup that overflows, that everything that's in the cup is for you and the overflow is for others, but not the other yeah. way around. So my question to you is how do you pour into yourself? Like what's one thing that you go to for self-love, self-care? Self-love, self-care. I, 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 Rest. That's, yeah, that's it. That's it. Rest. That's the best form of self-care, right? Oh my god! I I, I believe, and you know, because there was a time where I would stay up all night, and oh, I'm working on my business, and I'm just, yeah. and I'm going to bed. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to sleep. Good night. That's the best <laughs> form, especially for me, because I can be restless. But when mm -hmm. I get that rest. Just shut everything off at a certain time and get yeah. my. I feel so re, just re-energized, right? right? And sometimes rest just means be still. Even if you don't go to sleep, just be still and okay. shut everything down. Close your, you know, even if you're not closing your eyes, turn the lights off, just so that you're not, you're not, you know, stuck with, you know, your eyes trying to adjust to things. You know, close your laptop, turn off your phone. Or at least flip it over so the light's not, you know, mm -hmm. doing things and turn the ringer off and just be still. Be still. Oh, yeah. Which is a feminine energy that I'm learning. Um, I think I've, like, been leading with this masculine energy of action, go, competition, mm -hmm. you know. And I think when you, you know, embrace that divine feminine, it is more of a just be still. Like, you know, we're human yeah. beings. So I yeah. like that. Um, why are we, you we single? We're human beings and not human goings. And not human doings, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Why am I single? I yeah. am single because <clears throat> I am very hard-pressed to deal with dishonesty. Mm -hmm. um, no, I should say it a little differently than that. I am single because... I like me enough not to deal with things that don't serve me well. Mm. And so when the right person comes along um, or we enter each other's proper space, then they're going to be open to the things that that elevate me and i'll be open to the things that elevate them and I, I believe just along the way you know even recent interactions with people 
have shown me that, you know, no, no one's ever going to be 100% perfect. Like, they're Mm -hmm. not going to check off all the boxes on the list. Mm -hmm. But there are some big boxes that I settled for not having before. And I realized that that it is soul crushing. Yeah. When when you know that intuitively those are the things that that are supposed to be there. Like yeah. no matter what, you know that he's supposed to communicate. He's supposed yeah. to you know, they're just little things. And once I started recognizing that, uh, some people just they you know, they they didn't want to um, be their best self and they didn't want to bring out my best self, then I was like, you know what? We can wait. Yeah. And what are you most grateful for? Ooh. Wow. Most grateful for. I am most grateful for family. I've got a pretty awesome family. I love it. And they are they are the reason why I've been allowed to be all of this. <laughs> yeah. And, and family cool that includes, said that. Yeah, family family includes the ones by blood and the ones by love. But yeah, they 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 are the reason why I'm allowed to just to be all this Myra James. <laughs> <laughs> and so for you, what's the hardest thing about being single? If, if there is something, what do you think is one of the most challenging things about being single? One of the most challenging things about being single is um, having that full partner in everything. Partner in crime, partner in love, partner yeah. in in fun, partner in being still, you know, um, yeah. just just having that, that partner that is there really to bounce things off of, to grow with, to build with, you know, that that's very hard when you are looking around going, okay, and even when, you know, some of your 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 biz friends or best friends or all that, you know, those people may have a spouse or a significant other and they have to go and, you know, do their duties and due diligence with those people. And even if they're your person, sometimes in those situations, your person has a person. And so you're still kind of left going, well, look at that. (laughs) You know, so... <clears throat> so that that does that is an uh, an area of contention as a single person and especially as a single entrepreneur. I agree, I agree. And what did your last relationship teach you? I mean, I know you probably talk a lot, but what one thing that you can probably pull from your last relationship here for? I mean, well, going for my my last official. Official relationship, you know, I don't count some of these other things, but the last <laughs> official, <laughs> the last official relationship taught me that um, it's not okay to settle. Mm. Yeah, it's not, it's not okay to settle. What I what I want and what I deserve are what I want and what I deserve. 
And if I cannot grow into that or receive that, the person is just 100% incapable of, of, of helping me move into my best and be, and, and even just allowing me to be my best around them, then <clears throat> it's okay to, to be single and yeah. not settle. I like that. I love that. And what is one thing that every woman should have? Every single woman should have? Every single woman should have love for herself. Self-love, yes. Like that extreme, like, wake up in the morning, just, you know what? I deserve to have a good day because I am amazing kind of self-love. Not the, you know, arrogant, you know, vile kind of love, but that, like, true love, like, you know what? Unconditionally, I love me enough to show up as the best me. Flaws and all. Flaws and all. And and my flaws are beautiful. You know, like that kind of love where it's like, you know what? Yeah. That, like you said earlier, you you looked and you're like, oh, I had a crooked smile. And it's like, well, but you know what? Mm, it's cute. You know, like, like literally, and I, it was funny because as much as I like my smile, <clears throat> it wasn't until probably earlier this year that I realized that my smile is actually kind of crooked. And I was like, like my, more of like my lip kind of thing. This is so weird. But I was looking in the mirror, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, this is my trademark. This is my thing. Like, wait a minute. And then I was like, but you, you know, like, literally how many compliments you get on your smile, and yes. you're sitting nitpicking yeah. about your smile? Yeah. Like, are you serious right now? And I was like, you know, like the number of people, even dentists that were like, how long did you have braces? And I was like, never, you know, and they're like, wait, what? Are you sure? And I'm like, I, I think I would know, if, you know, <laughs> had all that going on, you know? So just the fact that <clears throat> we, we like to pick ourselves apart and really the things that when you, when you love you, you snap out of that and go, you know what, it, when I can believe even my flaws are beautiful, that is such a, a just a, a different thing. That's such a different place to sit in. It is. And just making the mirror your best friend. I think that's when, like you said, every morning, like that's my best friend. Okay, yeah, yeah this, this smell is a little cricket, but... Look at my eyes and how they shine right. when I smile, right? Look at that little dimple that I didn't know I had. Right. <laughs> so cute. Um, so self-love. Every woman should have that deep, deep, unconditional self-love. I like it. Yeah. Um, and who is God to you, Myra? God is... Oof. The first thing that came to my head was love. Um, God is my friend. Mm -hmm. God is my protector. Um, 
God is God is the expansive, unlimited amazingness that I get to participate in. Wow. That was deep. That you get to participate in. That was deep. Like, you know, I one of my um my power songs is an Israel song, and um, it's on the CD. Oh, goodness, it's the Africa CD. I think lies in South Africa or something like that. And um, it's like a whole little, like, I think it's two or three songs or whatever, but he, it's No Limits. Uh, oh, God, I'm going to mess it up. No Limits, No Boundaries. That's the increase all around me. Um, stretch forth, break forth, release me, enlarge my territory, right? That's the one thing. And then there's another one where um, it's like he's the, like he's the voice of God. And, um, and he's, he's basically like, you know, saying like, you know, just like release me, like, you know, literally like God is saying, just let me, let me be big. And, that has always struck me because I think about, you know, if love is abundant, if um, everything, you know, not just financial, but just everything that is God is, is of abundance. There, there's, there's so much. Then I have access to participate in abundance. But I also have the choice to not. Yeah. So it's either be be a participant of it and receive all of all of the things, not just the money stuff. I mean, but don't let's not throw that away. Right. But you know, but just everything, the love, the, the good relationships, the peace of mind, the joy the excitement, the the love for myself, like I get to participate in all of that because God dwells in me. God's best idea, that's like humbling to say the least. Right. Like God thought enough about me to connect with me, give me the, 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 the abilities that I have to exist and be and think and do. And he keeps thinking about me, mm. which is why I get to still be here yeah. and participate in the expansive abundance that is God. And I think that we, that God experience and expresses life through us. So it's yes. something that he loves how you express and live this life that he wants you to keep showing up every day so that he can live and express life through you. So like mm-hmm. every time I wake up, I say, wow, God want to express life through me today. Thank you for another day, God. Okay. So I, I love that. Um, if you had a million dollars, what's the first three things you would do? So the first thing would be, <clears throat> I would go on a trip. <laughs> <laughs> Where? So, so I have this, um, this idea of this 
girls trip that mm-hmm. I want to want to go on, and it's so funny because it's top of mind right now because I I was talking to my mother about it actually on on yesterday we were talking about it, and I was telling her I said you know I literally you know had been thinking about doing this girls trip, um, and I said there was a certain amount of money that I needed to have in order to do this trip, and I picked a bunch of different places you know the Maldives and you know, bore, bore, and all that. But, but, it has changed now. Okay. There is a, um, like, luxury resort in Grenada that is black-owned. Wow. And uh, <laughs> I've been telling everybody about it because I'm just like, we got to go. <laughs> it's um, Spice Island Beach Resort. So, listen, if any of your listeners, you know, just, just want to go to Grenada, you know, then <laughs> Spice Island Beach Resort, right? So um, I I said, you know, there were a, a number of people that I wanted to take on this, like, luxury girls trip. It's an all-inclusive luxury resort place or whatever. And um, and that would be one of the first things I would do is take um, this, this group. I, I think it was... I think the final count was like eight people that needed to go on this trip oh, to this luxury nice. resort. And, um, you know, just like some, some of my really good girlfriends, of course, my mom, my sister. Um, and I was like, I just, you know, want, because several of my friends don't have an opportunity to get away. Um, they, they don't even do staycations, you know, just where they're away and, within themselves, you know, and, um, and I was like, it would just be amazing just to take them away and just be like, okay, look, this is what we're about to do. We're going away for a week, you know, this luxury beach resort, and we're just going to um, relax and have a good time and, you know, eat good food and laugh and, you know, have cocktails if we want to sleep in, wake up, whatever, but just enjoy and I'm a water person so my rejuvenation everything happens around water showers drinking water being by the beach being at a lake whatever those are all my jams and so that would be the first thing I do so then uh, second thing I would um, travel Uh no 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 that wouldn't be the second thing the second thing would be that I would give to a number of people. Okay. Um, there are about between individuals that are in my family, um, by blood, by, by love, and a couple other people outside that I know that if I just even did a, a $10,000 drop on all of them, it would make a significant impact. Mm-hmm. The third thing that I would do, yeah, this would be before the travel. The third thing I would do, I have two nephews, a goddaughter, and a niece by love, um, one of my best friend's uh, daughters. And so those four kids um, would receive a significant trust fund set up wow. for each of them. Yeah. Um, okay. With investments and things like that. Because... You know, I want to make sure that they are set up 
so that they could do for the business, yes, for the business, for the college, whatever, whatever it is that they're trying to do. So, um, yeah, so those would be the those would be the top three: the girls' trip, the family friend giving, and then the trip fund. And I love how everything is about serving other people. That just goes to show your light. Like I noticed before. <laughs> um, that's beautiful. So where can we connect with you, Myra? It's been, I know you have a few um, social media handles. Could you share that with us, please? Yeah, so, so Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, I am, and Pinterest, and probably something else. I'm at Myra J. Stepter, so it, it's my name. I try to make it as easy as possible, Myra <laughs> J. Stepter. Um, then... Uh, one of the, the websites, and it's actually going to be the website, but um, MyraJSteptor.com, because uh, I'm trying to keep everything just Myra J. Steptor, Myra J. Steptor, remember the name. Um, and, you know, because I, I just, that's been one of the new, one of the mandates even in, in this reset. Um, I, I had other cute names and everything, and there will be other, I guess, subsidiaries. Um, underneath that have little cute names, but um, the the parent company, the parent body of everything is just going to be me. Yeah, just, just come on back to me. So yeah. so yeah, so those are the you know, of course finding me on social media is always easiest, and I do accept friend requests and I do check my inbox and all that wonderful stuff on on all of the above. So yeah, that that's okay. the easiest way to reach me. Okay. And what are some products or services that you would like to share with our listeners that you that you offer? So, um, of course, you know, as I said, I'm a, I'm a mindset coach. So I do one-on-one coaching. I do group coaching as well um, in regards to just kind of, you know, re- reframing the mindset, like I said, kind of changing that programming mm-hmm. um, that we, that people have been, dealing with and as well as um, just kind of healing. Um, I do, um, I, I call them prophetic insights, but, you know, some people call them psychic readings and whatever. Um, it's all the same thing. Sometimes you need answers and, you know, you've got questions and usually the spirit will give answers. So um, <laughs> so I, I, I do those as well. Um, I have... Um, a number. I'm actually relaunching the SPA, which is the Small Producer Academy, um, and in there will be um, different trainings and workshops and, and a bunch of other digital products, just opportunities, because I understand that everybody may not be able to work with me one-on-one or, you know, sometimes possibly not take a, a, a group session. Um, but that doesn't mean that you don't need help. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, different things like uh, the, the first things that are out there are um, affirmation um, assessments or kind of affirmation um, worksheets where there, there's an affirmation and then you kind of go through a... Um, a process to kind of, you know, do a, a reflection, basically, where you're kind of delving through and, and answering questions based on that affirmation. 
Because one of the things that I learned was, you know, that sometimes affirmations don't work. Yeah. And that was my personal experience. Um, I, I wrote a book, Stepping Out of the Fog, and it was about my journey through depression. Um, and that's one of the things that I talk about in the, in the book. When you stop believing your affirmations, you stop believing that you're possible. Uh. And that was, you know, from a person that grew up saying affirmations, telling myself I was wonderful and gorgeous and fabulous and I could do anything and everything. Um, and then getting to a point where I felt like I couldn't. And so I was still saying the affirmations because it was a habit, but I wasn't believing it. And so while I have, you know, affirmations, um, things out there, because some people are at that level where they can receive that from themselves. Mm -hmm. There are other people that have to delve a little deeper. Yeah. It's like, okay. So I'm telling myself I'm fabulous and wonderful, but let me answer these questions about why I really believe that and why I'm connecting to that and go a little deeper into um, the full embodiment of this fabulous that I believe I am. Like, am I just saying I'm fabulous or do I really understand and connect with what fabulous is and identify those characteristics with me? So... Okay. And that's interesting that you say that because one thing that I learned about affirmations um, is like you said, you know, you say I am, I, you know, I am is a very powerful word. Um, mm -hmm. But if you don't feel you like, know, I think affirmations work when you feel it. And I'm sorry, I have a dog barking in my background, but affirmations yeah. is when you, I think it comes, it manifests when you can relate the feeling to what you're saying. So what okay. I like to say is, you know, I'm saying, you know, I am wealthy and I'm looking around and I'm not wealthy. I like to say I am in the process of becoming wealthy because then I feel that like, okay, I am working towards that. Like that feels good. I am in the process of it. And um, that shifted a lot for me too, just by putting, I am in the process of yeah, becoming something. It has to be something, you know, I stopped people. Um, I used to do vision board um parties or, you know, workshops or whatever. And I stopped doing that um, because what I noticed was people were putting what they thought they should uh -huh. on the vision board and not what they really desired. And in um, one of my, one of my workshop, work, uh, not workshops, one of the group uh, coaching programs, and I'm considering actually relaunching that uh, for October, but in this particular program, one of the first times I ran the program, I asked if anybody had a vision board. And so one of the ladies was like, I do. And I said, oh, okay, well, let's see it. First of all, it was behind the door in her bathroom. So that's the first problem. <laughs> I was like, how often do you see it behind the door in the bathroom? Oh, I don't really because I mean, who stands behind the door in the bathroom? Well, right. Why did you put it there? <laughs> I didn't want it to be in the way, but you also didn't want it to be where you could see it. Ta-da! Mm -hmm. And so um, then she was showing me the board, and so I, I was asking her about the board. And as she was going through, you know, each picture, I was asking, what does that picture make you feel? 
what do you think about when you see you know first what do you think about and why how you feel when you look at that picture and so she had for example a number of athletic fitness related photos on her vision board Mm -hmm. um riding bikes and at the gym and running right and so she said this gives me anxiety (laughs) and i was like in the heck i said i'll bite why and she said i can't stand running and i am not going to be lifting no weight (laughs) and and she was like and riding a bike that hurts your butt and so i said okay thank you so much and she's like what i said this is a perfect teachable moment and she said what do you mean and i said this is why i don't recommend vision boards and she and she couldn't understand that and i said there's nothing on that vision board that you desire And she was like, well, I want to work out. I said, no, you, you don't actually. I said, no, when you, if you think about working out, what is something that you enjoy? And she's like, I don't enjoy working out. I said, okay, so what was the goal of putting working out on this? Because I need to lose weight. I said, okay, so if your desire is to lose weight and you know to lose weight, you need activity. What is an activity that you enjoy doing that you believe can give you an elevated heart rate or work on your cardio. Hmm. And she's like, well, I love to dance. I said, so why didn't you have somebody dancing on your vision board? That's good, yeah. And so, you know, so I was like, this is why vision board parties, those vision boards normally get thrown away somewhere or they're stuck in a behind a bathroom door or somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't necessarily achieve the things that you haven't really thought about. Because normally you're cutting out things based on whatever's left in the magazine that happens to be there. Yeah. And so, you know, I told her I said, I need you to throw away that entire vision board because it's not your vision. And let's reframe your vision and what you truly desire to manifest and why. That's the important thing, why. That that why do you want why. Yeah. Why why do you want it? And um and people used to get so like in my one on one coaching as a business coach, you know, before the hard reset. Um, <laughs> in my one on one coaching for years, I always had people write their obituary. That was our first assignment. Yeah. And folks would be like, that's kind of morbid. No, it's not. What do you want to be seen as? How do you want to be remembered? What is it that you believe that when it's all said and done, you will have done in your life? And now we can work our way back. How do we make that happen? And do you really want that? Like just because you say it right here, you say, oh, She's going to be a multi-gazillionaire and travel the world and fly all the planes and do this and that. But right now, you hate flying on planes because they make you sick. Well, do you really want that? <laughs> Probably not. You know, so I just I I believe in even then as a as a business coach, but now specifically focusing on mindset. I believe in taking it down 
to the root yeah, and then going from there because when we do that, um, there's always that little missing piece. And in everything, in every conversation, connection um, that I've had, even watching people go through other coaching programs or watching people, especially entrepreneurs, not fulfill their dreams and not reach their goals, the biggest problem has been not really having the mindset to do it and not really connecting fully with what they want to do. Anybody can give you all the tools to build the right thing and create the right funnel and do all that stuff. But if you're sitting back going, well, that's not what I really want, and you didn't start from the first part of that of what do you really want and can you even visualize yourself and not just visualize the beauty and feel what that's going to feel like to be that, and does it feel good to you? If you can't do that, then that's not where you're supposed to go, and it doesn't matter how many websites and other things someone creates. Same thing with relationships. You stay single until you can embody that feeling of being in a collaborative union with someone else. If you don't, if you can't feel that, if you can't feel yourself being in that, be by yourself. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, That's good. That's good. Especially with the vision board. That's that. That was good. Um, You're looking around, going, "I need to throw it the board." No, I'm just kidding. Not my vision board on point, baby, because. I wrote down my goals, why I wanted it, the steps, and then I matched the picture directly to what that 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 deeper yearning was. Um, and I start I start with a manifest list. Yeah. And so, like you said, you wrote everything down because that's the thing. Most people don't write everything down before they go cutting and pasting exactly. and doing an arts and craft project. Uh-huh. And it's like, well, if all you're doing is this big old arts and craft project, then you you missing out. You're missing the point. Yeah. So the last, the last part of this interview is called put inspiration on it. And I'm going to give you like this random word and I'm going to see, or I would like for you to share um, something positive and motivating using that word. So if you can kind of spin that word into something positive for our listeners. Okay. I can do that. All right. So your word is smile. Smile. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, um, really, you use my word on me? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. So, if I think, I think for anyone, smiling is about being genuinely you, taking the mask off. Um, a friend of mine, and even a few ministers used to say, you know, Look at look at other people, and even if you only have two teeth, smile with your two teeth. Go polish them up, or whatever. But use your use your two good teeth and smile. I believe that uh, personally, smiles change the atmosphere. Smiles are like a thermometer, or like a thermostat, not a thermometer, like a thermostat. Like you literally can shift entire atmospheres of the room if you just smile. That's true. 
point blanking period, I've gone into trainings, I've gone into, you know, as a as a trainer back in the day, I would go into a room full of people that looked at me like, What in the world are you really about to teach me today? And I'm not interested. How about that? And my first thing would be to smile. And some people would still be looking at me like, whatever, girl. And But a few others would kind of warm up, and then I'd do something else to kind of break the ice, you know, to kind of make us laugh or or just, you know, pick on somebody and just be like, hey, can you do me a favor? You probably don't want to, and I'm okay with the fact that you don't want to, but you still have to do it. Could you smile? And they'd be like, what? You know, but just in that, like, weird request, they would still do it. Because sometimes weird things make you smile. Yeah. It's just like, you are ridiculous. And so I've always utilized what I believe is probably one of our most powerful tools, which is a smile, to shift the, the comfort level of, of people and, and atmospheres. And it served me well. I've seen it serve other people well. So I believe that um, if if we choose to accept the mission and actually um, utilize the power of our smile, we could really, like, rock the foundation of a lot of foolishness that's going on out there. Yeah. Okay. Look, I'm off. Because, you know, I would I could keep going, but I'm not going to because I mean, goodness gracious, this is already going to be a three part episode. <laughs> really, <laughs> but I love 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 that, and thank you, man. Thank you so so much for connecting with me. You dropped a lot of wisdom today. Like, I got my notebook. I don't know. I, I think you mentioned it earlier. <laughs> you wasn't talking to me, but I got the notebook anyways. Um, so, so, it always has to be a notebook. Always, always has to be a notebook. <laughs> so it's been a pleasure. Um, wow, thank you, thank you for bringing the wisdom, My um, and, and that breathing, awesome. that and that smile, that energy. Uh, look, I'm smiling now. <laughs> I'm smiling now because this has been fun for me. Like I, I enjoy being able to share because um, I don't believe that any knowledge, wisdom that I have been given to just stop with me. Um, I definitely believe that whenever things happen that, you know, happen in my brain or in my spirit um, that prick me, I'm supposed to share. And then a lot of times in my sharing, I get the big revelation as well. I'm sitting back going, that was for me, wasn't it? Okay. You know. (laughs) That's how God works. He's sneaking in there. He'll sneak it in there. Let me tell you, it it has (laughs) happened a lot recently where literally I'll be, you know, oh, yeah, well, let me tell you, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Wait a minute. That is some trickery right there. People will be like, (laughs) what happened? And I'm like, God is giving me information right now, but he (laughs) may call me. You know, so it goes back to that divine orchestration. I, I definitely believe that. Uh, that I'm always being positioned, you know, kind of like a chessboard. Like, okay, is she ready for this lesson? I'm going to put her over here. 
you know, travel. So I'm I'm excited. I appreciate you for reaching out. I appreciate you for talking to Raji P. Hansen and me. Um, <laughs> That's who got it. That's who got it. She got it for me. I was like, did you Raji me? me? What? Who is this again? Wait a minute. I love this, this email. Wait a minute. So I am excited to be connected. I'm excited um, for what I feel from you with your energy. Um, I'm excited for us to 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 connect further um, as you are on your journey trying to mesh it all together too. Yes. Um, so I, you know, I definitely believe that it's not a coincidence you know, that we are connected. And, and I, I definitely um, have seen from my, even from a lot of my connections from, from the BWP group where I'm like, oh, I was into this group for a reason. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And I'm meeting some very powerful women um, that are ready to make impact. Yeah. Not just, they're not trying to impress anybody. It's about impact like oh, yeah like stomping on the ground and mm-hmm. shaking the foundation of yep. things and so um so i am definitely blessed because of of these connections and so i count you and those people that are stomping on the ground shaking foundations and i'm just i'm excited i'm excited to see everything that you're about to do because i already feel it's like, like okay Thank you. That means a lot coming from you. Um, And there you have it. Um, My interview with Miss Myra. And thank you all for joining me again for another episode of Wait on Purpose. And remember, this season of singleness is for a divine purpose. And I hope you find it and continue to walk in your true divinity and personal power unapologetically. Until next time, love, peace, and light. Bye. Love this episode on Wait on Purpose? Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Until next time.